Welcome everyone to the Russell Show. I'm your host Russell Chaudhry and can't wait to jump into this podcast episode. Episode number 79, we have a special guest, Dog Thompson. In this episode, we will discuss with the dog the topic of inner bullying and telling your own story. So don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on our podcast. Let's dive in. Hi, Mr. Dole. Thank you so much for taking the time out today and joining me in this podcast episode. I really appreciate it. How are you doing today? Thanks for having me. Well, it's 6 a.m. in the morning, but uh, so far, so good today. Yeah, it's super early for you, but I mean, the UK is nearly 12 o'clock, so yeah, we got like about six hours difference. But it's like uh, technology made it easier to connect with you. Otherwise, we would like a really struggle to get sit uh, talk together and learn from each other. So yeah. Before I get into, yeah, so we're going to talk about mostly about inner bullying, the topic you are really passionate about and wanted to talk. So before we get into that, like uh, you've been a TEDx speaker, also you've been in a coach and mentor as well. So how did everything started? Why inspired you becoming a storyteller and uh, like a coach and mentor? Well, it sort of came about by accident or, or unintentionally, let's just say. So mm-hmm. all throughout I've been in technical sales and along the way I learned and and I learned that telling stories was the most effective way to, you know, get the business value of a specific technology, a point, you know, there there was a, there was a time back when I worked at Microsoft where, you know, speeds and feeds would sell. Well, here's a new version of windows. Here's a faster processor. Boom. There wasn't a lot of storytelling necessary, but now, especially with the cloud where the people that you're talking to don't understand technology necessarily, really don't mm-hmm. care. They have a problem they need to get solved. You know, you had to sort of evolve what you're doing. And yeah. I, we, we were interviewing when I was back at Microsoft, we were interviewing for my role, somebody else to fill my role. We had an open head count and we went through probably 50 people. And right. in my in time says, look, they're, they're great technically, but they can't, you know, they can't do what you do. They can't tell a story when you tell you. And it, it dawned on me. I didn't think it was anything was unique. I thought everybody uh, typical, yeah. typical of, of people as we get good at something, we just think everybody can do it. Right. Yeah. So um it was it was at a point I was made aware that I had somewhere along the line uh, developed a skill to tell stories. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you know, as I as I thought about it. <clears throat> There's a lot of other people here that are, again, they're very smart yeah, and, and they just need to learn to tell stories. Uh, and so that's where it sort of came about. I started coaching people inside on presentations and stuff, you know, because presentation, it shouldn't be death by PowerPoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, it should be engaging a story and go next. So I started coaching people and I, and I get, it was really rewarding for me. Yeah. So uh, I realized that, you know, when I, when I retire from corporate life at some point in time, that that's what I want to do is simply just be out and do full-time coaching people, helping them be able to share their story. You know, as, as a, an anecdote, I was a mentor out at uh, University of Texas, uh, Austin. Mm-hmm. They had, you know, MSI, they had the, the IT management, they had data scientists, yeah. they had various different things. And I'd listen to them talk. And, and, you know, I'm having to get a dictionary out for every third word that they're saying, you know, it's like, okay, <laughs> you watch them talk amongst themselves and, you know, they, they could converse, but mm. I, I would get in an interview. I said, well, why, why should I hire you? And right. they start 
I said, that's not a story. I said, why, what is unique about you that should make me hire you? Mm -hmm. That's really the first story, not the first one, but in business, that's really the first story or the best story you need to tell is about you. What's the story about you that makes you unique, that makes you these other things and all. So that's, that's sort of what I'm, you know, it it cued off that there's a big audience out there that really needs that, that, uh, yeah. A lot of people don't know that. And I have interviewed like a lot of uh, coaches, consultant, and they actually help a lot of people and they want to help them because they had like a different kind of story. But when you actually ask them, most of the time I see like a lot of them are not good storyteller. So they just say, oh, I'm a life coach or I'm something like I'm a business coach. But why did you start it? What makes it unique about like you being a life coach? Did you have any kind of trauma? Did you go through divorce? Did you go through some yeah. certain difficult? Even though in a business-wise, did you build some kind of businesses or help some businesses? So that way, some can resonate. So you think like a storytelling can be taught like with proper guidance and coaching? Yeah, it, it can. And, and you have to basically learn to th- what I call thinking in a story. So think in yeah. story. Everything you look at, how can I make a story out of this? How can mm-hmm. I do something? Even my day-to-day activities, I did, you know, I did a whole series when I was building the patio and the porch out there about sort of rebuilding, you know, rebuilding a career, or rebuilding something else. So you can use analogies that people are, that's probably the easiest way to do it. Right. Using an analogy that relates to people. And mm-hmm. so when I, when I go into business meetings, I do a lot of like LinkedIn stalking and social stalking and see if I can find out a little bit more yeah. about the people we're meeting with. And it gives me a frame of mind and it may give me something that I can tie into and use as that analogy. You know, maybe you're a golf fan. Well, you know, this, this new thing here, you know, you, you when you're playing golf, you you, you always constantly evolve, you know, evaluating new clubs and all these other things. Well, what if there's just simply a way to change your swing that no matter mm-hmm. what golf would be good. And it's yeah. sort of you know, thinking, uh, you know, just things like that. It, it's, it, those are easy tools to do. Right. You know, but but it's it just just takes practice and it takes a different frame of mind to look at things differently because mm-hmm. a lot of times we're passengers in life and we simply go through and everything is like sort of going by the window yeah. as opposed to looking at that opportunity of what would this make a good story somehow sometimes mm-hmm. they don't sometimes they don't work out but the the more practice you get at it the the better better it is yeah absolutely and it's like a different kind of era right now which which where everyone wants to know your story. You're building any kind of businesses or getting any kind of like a professionalism. You have to tell people like a wealthy story and making it unique and a standout. Otherwise, like you don't stand out in social media. And without social media, there is no business. Even though you're doing like a physical product business, still you need a story where you created, what's your goal? And yeah, so how, how are you actually helping them people in kind of like a, a storytelling? And do you have like any kind of like a steps you follow? All right. You know, I, I did break, I'm, I'm working on a more of a formalized class for it. It's been sort of an ad, ad hoc thing right now because mm. everybody's unique. Yeah. And when I talk to them, I tried to give them three or four different temp, tips to help them, you know, let's put these together and let's see where you go from here. Cause, cause right. you know, it's not a one size fits all template for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but you know, there are, I broke it down. There was a LinkedIn series I did where there's like eight steps to a good story. It's actually 10. I did like A, B, and C on the last step. Right. Which 
it was actually the secret sauce. So, so the other steps is pretty much is, is, is all stories. You know, if you go back to the the hero's journey and a storytelling with the arc and stuff, so they all follow sort of that. You have to be introduced to to the hero or the or the protagonist in this, and you know, get to understand who they are. So that's the first mm-hmm. thing. You need to make that opening very powerful. You need to make it where people will remember it and want to learn more. Yeah. So sometimes they'll use an odd fact or something that. You know, as, as, I, as I talk about, I'm a two-tired Iron Man, but when I was in high school, I had asthma and I had to sit on the bench and didn't do any sports. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that, that sort of, well, how did you go yeah. from there? It sort of begs a question. They offer right. you to, I call that starting the story where you, where your audience is. So, right. so you go to them, introduce yourself and do that. Then you can bring them along on the journey. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if you start with, you know, hey, I'm a two-time Iron Man, blah, 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 blah. And you just, you know, there's this chasm that a lot of people won't cross. And that's where a lot of people lose them. Right. Everybody's there. And so you, that's why you have to sort of personalize it and go to them. And then you you have permission then to sort of take them along where you want to go. And then you talk about here's the problem we're trying to solve. So you have all that. But the, but the last part is the most important is the secret. I call it the secret sauce, but it's really adding your flavor, your spin, your unique perspective to the story, be it humor, be it, you know, yeah. art, be it some other thing that you, that uniquely you or you're comfortable with. And, and that's what really makes it memorable at the end, because, you know, uh, for example, we do demonstrations where, you know, product demos have done that yeah. all the time. I actually had to go create one for, for a product we had here recently. And I, I, I created it, I did it, and then I created sort of a director's cut back behind it where I broke it down and what my mindset was and how to set it up and how to do these other things. Because what I really wanted to do is to give them the ability to make it their own. Right. You know, here's the basics and the functions and what I was thinking when I was doing it. Yeah. There's a lot of ways to get to that same endpoint, and it needs to be the way that you're most comfortable doing. Yeah, yeah that's a really interesting point. I love that. So let's get to the topic what we're going to actually talk about, which is like inner bullying. So how did you come up with that topic, inner bullying? Is that like something you have been struggling with your career, with your own life? Uh, for me, it came when I was when I was preparing to do my TED talk. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's I mean, actually, that's where, where it came where I became aware of it. I mean, I've had it yeah. all my life. You, know, you get to think you're like. <laughs> You're not talented enough. You're too old. You're too fat. You're too bald. What? What? You know, you're too something. Yeah. Uh, you know, which is your subconscious trying to protect you, uh, which is what it was supposed to do, but it's sort of gotten a little out of whack. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's supposed to protect us from dinosaurs and things like that, and those aren't really problems of everyday life. Yeah. I was preparing for the TED talk. I was going through things, and and I was just I was having a struggle. You know, I don't. You know, I really shouldn't be doing this TED talk. I don't know why they picked me. You know, so, right. so that's. Be careful what you ask for, because you may actually have to, <laughs> have to do it. So as I was writing it and going through it and reading the brain science behind it and stuff, and I realized that then, then, then it dawned on me as I'm reading through the brain science and stuff that mm-hmm. this is that inner bully. You know, I, I could just call it the inner bully, but it could be <clears throat> the self-protection mechanism, whatever yeah. you want to talk it. But that's the little voice inside you that tells you you can't do something or it's too dangerous or it's too this. It's the one that's sort of, hey, I'd like to do this. And immediately it comes in and shuts you down. Mm-hmm. And, and you have to because it's around you 365 days a year, all the time. Yeah. You, know, you live, sleep with it, you do these other things. 
And, you know, you have to, once you realize and learn to look for the signs of it emerging, you can sort of help control it. Right. You can manage it's probably a better term for it because it still comes up. Yeah. You know, every time before I get up on a big stage or, or something like that, it'll come up and say, hey, you, or, you know, going for a new job. Well, you're not good enough. You're not, you know, it's like, okay, l- listen, so I call mine Simon. Giving it a name is an easy thing to do to have a, have a conversation. Mm-hmm. I had uh, one of my friends uh, on LinkedIn, he had, a, he put it in a timeout. He would go put it, put the <laughs> inner bullying. I ask it, well, why not? You know, what, what proof do you have that I'm not good enough to do this? Or what proof do you have? It, it sounds like a goofy exercise, but, but when you go through it, what you're actually doing is in your, you're debunking all these things that, that you think you can. And usually you come up with ways that you can. Yeah. So it's a mindset thing. You're turning that mindset around from, to a positive mindset, from a negative mindset. And, and that's the key. It, you know, there, there's a couple of keys. One of them is, is, is knowing, learning to listen to when it comes up. Yeah. Knowing, knowing what the, cause it comes up usually the same way and then confronting it and, and challenging it and making sure, cause sometimes it could be, you know, well, if you jump off this cliff, you may die and you'll get, yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you have to that, make the judgment. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it is, it is valid. So go back and evaluate why you think you can't. And it's, a, mm. it's not an exercise at first. You have to sort of go back and through it. And it's usually something in your past. Yeah, that is similar that that you latches on you didn't get a job or you know you you had your feelings hurt for something or other or you hurt yourself or something and it comes back from that and being able to pinpoint that and say okay well yeah I wrecked my bicycle going downhill but you know I hit a rock on the way down yeah. of hitting a rock can I avoid the rock can I do that so there's ways that you can sort of evaluate and go on but just learning to know when it comes up learning to know when Simon I give it. I tell people always to give it a name. It's a lot easier to yeah. deal with some name than some ambiguous thing. I went far enough to dress it. And I call him Simon because he wears t-shirts. He has an English accent and he's a bit of a bully. <laughs> so I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, giving Simon, a character, right? Giving it some kind of character. Yeah. yeah so it's the character. That's I gave it a face and a, and a name. Yeah. And, you know, I, I say, why? Right. So you have to have that conversation. And it's awareness mm. type. And then there's, Along the way, you need to sort of develop some mindset training to help combat it. You need to have these tools to go do it. It's the positivity. It's, it's the virtual, it's the visualizations of succeeding at what your thing is telling you you can't do. Right. So, so because you're just retraining your mind with positive things as opposed to letting that negative tape play on and on and on and replay. Yeah. That's where a lot of people fall down is they may, they may do it once or twice, but they don't take any steps to sit there and say, I, I know I'm going to be successful and do this and here's how I'm going to do it. And, you know, so it's just training to sort of think that when it comes time, and this is the way Olympic athletes and stuff, you, mm-hmm. you take the, the chemical, the chemistry that comes up from fear, which is really what your inner bully is, is fear yeah. and excitement that they're the same chemicals. But how you approach it is different. So you got a downhill skier, you know, he's got mm-hmm. the same thing, but he's training it to excitement. Oh, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to cut seconds off. I'm going to do this. So that's the way to sort of work through it. It's not a, it's not a fast, pro- I'm no, I'm not a brain scientist. These are all things that have worked for me. Right. I always encourage you to do your own reading yeah. uh, um, and, 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 you know, sort of study and f- figure out what works for you because you're unique and not everything's going to work mm-hmm. for everybody. So it's basically it's like a negative self-talk, which we do over and over. 
as before we go to for like a, any kind of big event or like a gay into relationship or gay starting a business so could be like uh, it's our own experiences or could be like uh, we saw someone happening in our friend circle family or even in the society or could be example like one of our friend got divorced so now you are scared of getting married like why if i end up being like her or him so we we live with that day every single day so every single day not probably no big event it could be like a small task like doing a podcast episode i could have like a doubt on myself what what, what question i can ask to you or like how the thing's going to go is it going to well or no or could be like you prospecting going to do a sales call i have that doubt or can i close the deal or not so in terms of like going through the self talk so you gave the character a name which is simon so when simon uh, get your way when you trying to do something how do you actually stop the uh, situation it it sits back to sort of asking that question so first you have to recognize when he, when simon's coming out and i've learned mm. to do that pretty well sometimes it may take me a day to get there sometimes i just right. got this weird thing that it does but usually i can figure it out pretty quickly and then once i do i start asking those questions give me the give me the reasons why right why why can i do this and that usually gives it enough time to to quiet it i may you know i may have to go back and okay let's if it's a big decision or something that's mm. not instantaneous you know it, like if it's a, if it's talk or something that's fairly easy cuz i've done that enough to sort of put that in my mind and go out and yeah usually once i get out on stage it's all gone yeah you know, the lights come up and i'm ready to go it's all the it's all the anticipation and that's a little bit of that fear and and, and excitement right it's yeah. learning to sort of still balance that but it, but it's learning the signs of when your subconscious is trying to sabotage what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And that uh, that's just reflection and awareness. Yeah. And do you have like any way to like write down those certain things like uh, how negative could the situation could go or like the positive aspect of it so evaluating the both side and looking at like uh, this is the positive thing and this is the negative thing and am I ready for the situation? Yeah, yeah, I mean I run through that in my head. I'm not big on writing because my okay. handwriting's But yeah, yeah <laughs> I do run through that exercise in my head. Okay, yeah. what's the best that can happen? What's the worst that can happen? Mm. Yeah, as long as the worst is not death or dismemberment, yeah. that's usually okay. Well, the the best that can happen is I will get this deal. I will, you know, more importantly, I will make the customer happy and we make a lifelong partner because I will solve the problem that they have. Yeah. So so that's you you can do that you know some people have to have list and write it down um that's perfectly fine i i just i just run through it in my head yeah like uh, certain things is fine like uh, going for like a normal day to day things but if you're doing like a bigger things a uh, bigger plan and you know like uh, other person is involved other team members in involved and everyone responsibility on your shoulder then i think you can write down and make that clear on the vision where you're going and heading after so yeah if i'm starting a business or i'm starting something i got a business plan i'm writing it down yeah. and, or, or again if i'm leading a team mm-hmm. because now there's other people that get a vote and can yeah. really sort of change dynamics of what's going on so it it's you know when you're when you're leadership role sharing that positive vision sharing these other things that's going on saying this is why we're going to do it yeah this we're going to do it and when when a question comes up that that's a reasonable question of a fear it says okay let's let's talk about that for a little bit okay this is over in the worst that can happen 
what are the things that would lead to this, mm. right? We've identified the markers that we can then look for and we sort of alleviate the fear a little bit. So, so let's assume that we did these things totally right. Now we're back over here and the best that can happen. Yeah. So that, 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 that helps, you know, overcome from the team dynamic being a leader. It's, it's not being Pollyannish, but it's being very positive. But there's the years of the steps we're going to take. You have confidence in it. And, and you've done the math in your head and then, you know, being let it, helping your team allevi alleviate their bullies. Yeah. What's going on. So you help them fight their own bullies. Yeah. Great. I'm curious to know, and also my audience would be love to know as well, like uh, your journey, like being a TED speaker, like when you had the inner bullying before you get in the stage and delivering your speech, like you're dealing with the inner bully how the step went like you probably took some time to like get into the mindset where you are right now to like you know i'm going to do it and i'm not going to listen to like a negative self-talk yeah i mean literally the tedx was till i took spoke the first word i mean it was <laughs> not, uh, i was fine. still we were, there <laughs> yeah. um I, I use music a lot of times so i have a, a a track that i play to sort of you know mm -hmm. um bump me up it's it's sort of you know there's there's rock there's some acdc there's some other stuff in there I, and then i'll do some little like push-ups or something on that to get blood flowing and stuff that right that helps prepare for that for that battle it helps again it sort of prepares me more for the excitement side but yeah in the ted it was it, it, it the ted was a very strange experience for me because it had some limitations that were different from my normal style mm -hmm added to the anxiety before it because i knew it because i had to do the dress rehearsal and we were <clears throat> they went through the logistics right so um you know it, you have to stay in this six foot red circle because they're that's where the cameras are aimed and they've got different camera angles and that's where they're lit yeah so that which is unusual for me because i like to go around the stage and engage the audience from all sides of it you know okay not a pacer per se but i use the entire stage to go engaged with the audience so that was a problem i felt right. like a little caged lion you know i'm sitting there just yeah. okay what go out here and and then they the theory was okay slides or no slides i i use slides with pictures mm -hmm. that sort of are, are to me they're visual cues to change the topic okay. to change we're about to transition and there was some feedback about, well, you don't use slides because you want them to focus on you, not them. So I only used three slides in that. And they didn't have a they didn't have a monitor down front where you could actually see what was going on. You know, you had to sort of look back. Yeah. See that. And so that was a little unnatural for me because I then I had to manu manually sort of, you know, um, I had to memorize a lot more than what I usually do. I, right. I typically because I had to do it twice. They were filming it and they were going to edit it. Yeah. I had similar which i if i give the i give a sim i give a talk say it's managing your career i have one it's called your, your career doesn't have mm -hmm. a syllabus it's for college students and i've never given it the same way twice even though the content and the message is the same is in essence the same the delivery is different because each audience is different as i said sometimes you have to cross that chasm to go to where they are yeah and so i typically will do things not from a not word for word, not verbatim, but here's the theme and here's the topic. Here's what we're going to talk about. Something topical the day may came in. Yeah. Those were all things that were different for me that made me even more uncomfortable. So, so anything that's outside your normal routine can, can give that bully leverage. Mm. And it's, 
how can I put something in place to get that back? Right. right. That's a little bit of the mindset and the meditation that goes on and say, okay, take some deep breaths. Let's, you know, come back from the edge of the cliff here. Let's go back and evaluate the list. Okay. What's the, you know, here's the positive vision and stuff again. Mm -hmm. It'll calm down. I mean, it's something that you have to constantly work on. But the, by, by, you know, I'd been on stage for 20 years. I'd have people come to me, said they were scared of going on stage. I hadn't been scared until that day. <laughs> yeah. I'd forgotten about it because I just comfortable and I, you know, I do that. So it's easy to sort of forget much like the skill I had of storytelling. Yeah. It's easy. Not th I think everybody does that and you don't understand when something's different. So that's yeah. been in my mind that, that not everybody is the same and how, you know, when I have discussions now and they're scared, okay, so let's talk about it. Mm. Not not you know not just dismissing it because i haven't been now i can relate to it a little bit better yeah great uh, you have to take the leap isn't it so you have to take the leap um until like you wouldn't know like uh, what the actual situation is going after it then it's, it's like a lot easier like uh, we get scared of like uh, before we start driving the car like before we've taken our first lesson whereas like uh, some people are like, uh, proper froze on themselves like they don't know what to do in the brain reason when they actually start going for like a first gear second gear the fear is automatically keep on reducing and they yeah. have the self-belief and the more they're doing it like it's getting more easier for them so yeah we have like a lot of audience entrepreneurs probably this year they have like a new reservation so many different things they're gonna overcome their self uh, negative thoughts and also hit their goal and could be like getting out of their comfort zone. So if someone has like a bigger goal or something like getting into in a speaking gig or getting into like a telling their story, how they can overcome their Simon, the inner bully and keep moving forward. Yeah, I mean, it, the best way to do it, it's a little bit longer. I mean, the day that appears is, is one mm -hmm. thing, but is get used to being, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Right. If you're in that environment where you're constantly uncomfortable because you're stretching yourself, you get used to it. You you get it sort of helps make you aware of all the things that are around you. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, it does sort of for me. It actually makes that inner voice louder, so I can I can find it faster. I can yeah. use it's doing that. <clears throat> but but again, on the on the if it's hitting you up breathe you know i find meditation helps me i'd meditate every morning mm -hmm. and it's about giving me the tools to when that arises taking a step back taking a beat going okay let's have this out again simon you know we had this talk last week yeah uh, let's go through it again you know obviously you 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 know you need some re and and just going that way have have a have positive stories, have positive outcomes, have these other things. It's, it's some of it's preparation because it's in the future. Yeah. You're a wild guess at this. Yeah. You know, so, you know, think of Elon Musk in, in the, in the space capsules and stuff, you know, nobody's landed a rocket like that very successfully and stuff, you know, and he's, yeah. he had a vision and there were some setbacks, but he didn't let that stop him to go on. Cause he knew it could be, the science said it could be done. Mm. And, getting the science right to go do that and and it's about that you know you can't let you, you you're not 100 percent going to you know sometimes the bully is right yeah things out of your control things happen um 
and being okay, evaluate, okay, was it the bully that sabotaged it or was the bully right? And if the bully was right, let's evaluate, okay, did we have this in the discussion? Do we, you know, in looking back, yeah. if we're writing a list would be helpful. Did we talk about that point as a, as a thing that could fail? And if mm -hmm. you overlooked it, which probably you did, what could I have done to think about that, broaden the thing? You know, so, so it's a learning experience. Yeah. And constantly adapting your tools. You know, it, it's always it's always upgrading your skills and your tools that you're using to go be able to do this. But it takes engagement. And that's the problem with a lot of people as they go through life, they're passengers. So it goes back mm -hmm. to being sort of a participant in your life. Don't go on autopilot. Don't do what you've always done. You know, look for those stories. Look for the yeah. things that make a story out of this. So it sort of ties back into that. Yeah, and also it's a long process. The more you deal with the like, uh, yeah, <laughs> the more you're going to deal with the like uh, tough things, the more tougher you're going to get. So it yeah, eventually happens, yeah. yeah. There was a quote by Terry Loffin. So, so Tim Tim Ferriss had a book, Tribe of Mentors, right? which is a great book. It's heavy. It weighs about 18 pounds, but there's a lot wow. of good information there. And in there, Terry Laughlin, who was a swimmer, he developed this, this program called um, Total Immersion Swimming. And at the time I was doing triathlons, you know, swimming is, is, is all about not fighting the water. As humans, our natural, our natural instinct is to get the hell out of there. We don't have gills. Yeah. You know, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't be in the water. So you tend to tense up and fight it. But anyway, he had this quote, is, and, and I sort of changed it a little bit. Is, we're all on this road to mastery. And we're all going to die before we become a master at this. And so, you know, what, what our responsibility is, is to ask for help from those that are in front of us on the road yeah, and then offer help to those that are behind us. Cause we're all in this journey together. We're never going to get there. If you think you know it all, you're wrong. You know, cause if for nothing else, something tomorrow will change the dynamics. It makes something that you believe today untrue or not work as well. So yeah. I try to keep, that's my philosophy and that's why I like coaching and that's why I like talking, you know, and I ask people that are smarter than me or that I, you know, that have different skills and to ask them for, Hey, can you mentor me? Can you help me with this? Can you help yeah. me go through this? That's where the coaching comes in. There's no shame in having a coach. We'd never laugh at an athlete that has a coach. You sort of laugh at them if they didn't have a coach, but somehow in business and in a life like that, coaching got sort of a, a, a they look at you strange or if you if you're in you know the point you brought up earlier about the, all these life coaches you can't seem can't seem to throw a rock and not hit a life coach what makes them unique is do they have yeah. something to help me right so that would yeah. be their yeah it's, it's so true isn't it so we have to have like a, some kind of like a story need to be telling and also like a, you have to have like a courage to keep moving forward in the same time as well and yeah, life never gets like easier, it gets tougher. So we have to create ourselves like this way. And coaches are like so important. We just think like we need education, going to university, college. There's a teacher, there's a coach as well. So it's the same thing. Like you're doing a business, you never built a $10 million business. How do you expect like you're going to be doing a $10 million business if you had no education? You have to have a learn from someone or follow someone. You have like a kind of mentor, even though not you have to follow someone to go through the path. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's really important uh, someone to hire a coach and get a mentor by it. it makes their life so much easier. Uh, the work gets yeah. lesser, isn't it? 
I have multiple ones for different aspects of it because the more perspective yeah. you get, the better you are at finding what you are. You yeah. know, because that way you're not sort of skewed to somebody else's vision. You get enough to sort of make your own decision. Sure. And I do some, I would call what I would do some virtual mentoring where I stalk people. I write, you know, read about them. I do these mm -hmm. other things. You can actually learn a lot about, about their, their mindset and the different things that, that goes on and the tools that they use. You know, I, I, I think the best storyteller out there today is probably Mike Rowe. He does great stories and stuff that he has, you know, dirty jobs and yeah. things like that. I'm constantly trying to say, okay, what's his thinking? What did he do here? How did he deliver this? Cause he delivers it. One of these days I'll get him on my podcast and get to talk to him. But you know, that's, that's the ultimate goal there. I think I'd have to quit after that. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get there. Don't worry about that. Yeah. It, it do an amazing thing. So yeah, we are running out of uh, the time for this podcast. So those who's listening, uh, if they want to reach out to you, get mentorship by you or like uh, have any kind of question, how they can find you. Do you have any website, social media? No, they, just on LinkedIn is the best place to get a hold of me. I'm the Doug Thompson on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm the Doug Thompson on Twitter as well. Right. Uh, you, know, you can reach me. I have, you know, the Doug Thompson podcast as, as well. If you want to listen to me, interview some other storytellers, but LinkedIn is the best way to get a hold of me. Yeah. Thank you so much. So, yeah, I really, really appreciate you being my show and sharing your knowledge and expertise on the topic. And I wish you best of luck with your career and your business as well. So hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks for having me. You too. You're most welcome. Thank you. So that's a wrap, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. So you know how to find out if you want to reach out to him or like get coaching or any kind of advice or consultation, go reach out to him. Or if you need any kind of advice on how to get into TEDx talk. So yeah, that experience, he can guide you through. And also listen to his podcast also. I'm going to leave the link on the description of this podcast. So you can go check out his podcast as well. So till then, stay safe, stay healthy. I'll talk to you in the next episode. Take care, everyone.